Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey, everybody. How are you today? I'm doing really, really well. My baby is five months old. He is chunkier than chunk. I seriously was biting his little legs and his toes because I can't stop. And then he started crying a little bit and I was like, oh my gosh, I just realized I like had bitten too hard on his cute little toe and he was whimpering a little bit. I'm like, I was trying to eat my baby. I need to watch what I'm doing. But I am really happy about the topic today because I know that it plagues the hearts and minds of so many of us members of the Church of Jesus Christ. So my topic is when one parent is active and the other is inactive, and kind of how that can affect our children. And where I want to concentrate mostly on is the worry that the active parents feel. And I've seen this so many times. I don't know what the reasons are. I don't know why so many times with divorce amongst members of the church, one stays active and one seems to not. <laughs> you know, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to try to jump into shoes that I am not in. So whether it's an identity issue, whether it is a belief issue, uh, whether it is a testimony issue, I truly cannot say because I am not in those shoes. But many, many parents worry and fret and pray and hope and work so hard so that their child, who is influenced by both parents, can find their own way that they can feel the Spirit, that they can have a testimony. As faithful members of the church, of course, we want everyone to fully participate and fully feel the workings of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We want our kids to have the testimony because we value it so much and we've seen the value in our lives. We know the blessings that come. And it's a deeper issue in our faith where we believe families are connected as faithful members. And of course, we want that connectivity to last forever and ever and ever together as close as we can be throughout the eternities. It is not a salvation issue. That's not it. We believe all have been saved through Christ, but it is an eternal and more of a progressive and progression issue that we don't even understand fully ourselves and sometimes forget the promises of Christ that, that I will get to in a second. So, but basically just for our on earth purposes, we want our kids to be happy, plain and simple. We know that by obeying the commandments and understanding the laws of the gospel can bring true, true happiness and joy, not fleeting feelings of pleasure or surface type happiness, but we want our children to experience true, deep, and lasting joy. So, 
let's talk about one of the most amazing stories that was shared with me. I went to a steak relief society conference and our steak president shared an amazing story from one of the members of the steak. And she, uh, just to explain a little bit, so she has kids from a previous marriage and she married someone who also has children. And she, her, one of her sons had the opportunity to go on a huge temple trip where their young men's group, you know, the boys of his age were going to travel throughout Utah and visit I think like eight temples. So it's just this huge trip. She really wanted him to participate. That is a big deal for members of the church. Uh, we truly feel that the temples, the house of the Lord, where the spirit really can be and where we can learn so much spiritually. And so of course she wanted him to participate. And a couple of the days of the trip landed on her ex husband's time to have their son and he was not budging he was saying no and you know there were um, the young men's leaders who tried to talk to him you know who had befriended him he was a nice guy he just did not want to budge on his time he did not see the value of it and so she was just so upset about this she was just plagued by this but a little background with permission um, from President Colomore and the woman. Um, he sent me this, some of her text messages. She says, his father and I were married in the Mesa Temple in 2003, and since then he has never had a desire to go back. So he finds no importance in temples or the significance of this Utah trip and all the temple work he would be doing. Since the divorce, their father has obtained many tattoos that my kids see and makes choices that influence my kids. He never went on a mission and encourages his boys to put their efforts into having fun and doing other things in this life rather than emphasizing the importance of a mission or building their relationship with our Heavenly Father. He often skips church with the kids and takes them out to a restaurant instead. And just recently, my kids have found beer in his fridge. I tell you all this not to put their father down, but because I am often fighting the good fight to teach and encourage my kids against the odds, and sometimes I feel so discouraged. So needless to say, I was determined to find a way to get my son on this trip with the young men. But time and time again, my Father in Heaven has provided me ways to give spiritual opportunity to my kids. So she's saying, you know... She's not saying any of that. Does that make him, this father a bad person? No. Does it make him like a totally bad influence just because he has some tattoos and beer in a fridge? No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is sometimes the active parent feels alone in their attempts to try to influence and encourage their child to have a relationship with their Heavenly Father that can be truly long-lasting when the other parent does not see as much of a value and importance in that. And so especially, I've seen it especially for us um, mothers, the women. I just see that a little bit more of the numbers on there um, than the men who are 
concerned, and maybe because women worry more, is that what it is? <laughs> but her story continues, and it is pretty awesome. What I forgot to mention was that the stepson was going on the trip. So her stepson, of course, was allowed to go on the trip. Her son was not because some of the parenting days overlapped. And so the story continues. She says, sitting around the table on Sunday, she received and read a text, I believe, from her stepson that announced that President Russell M. Nelson had walked into the sacrament meeting they were attending and that they had had the opportunity to meet him. So this made her so angry that her son missed out on seeing the prophet. And she says this in her own words, When I read the text message that my stepson was sitting in church and witnessed the prophet walk in and join them for sacrament meeting, my heart sank and I felt immediately in despair. My heart was so sad for my son, who at that moment was sitting at his father's house here in Arizona, while all the other young men were dressed in their Sunday best in Utah in the presence of the prophet. When I left the kitchen table that morning, I went to my room in tears. And to be honest with you, I was very angry. I found myself sobbing and talking out loud to Heavenly Father, asking why. Why is it such a struggle to give my son the spiritual guidance that he needs? I'm trying so hard. I was angry that because of my ex-husband's decisions of holding him back from this trip, my son had to pay the consequences and miss out on spiritual growth. While all the other young men were experiencing such blessings, my son was sitting at his father's house, watching reality TV, staying stagnant, not allowing him opportunity for spiritual guidance. For months, I tried to convince his father to allow him to go on this trip, as did my son's young men leaders, and I listed to his father all the benefits and blessings that our son would obtain. The morning that all the young men were meeting at the leader's house and packing up the vehicles to leave, I could see the joint excitement on every one of their faces as they enjoyed donuts and packed up the cars. Part of me hoped that I would see my son pull up with his father, that his father might have had some change of heart and brought him that morning to join the young men again. My heart sank as my son didn't show. While pleading with the Lord that Sunday afternoon, she had a revelatory experience where the Spirit had told her, take your son to Utah. So she decided, okay, he's missed some days. I'm going to take him. I'm going to do my part. So she continues by saying, my son missed four out of the eight days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of this trip, unfortunately, and he was sad. When Wednesday came, the start of my parenting days, we had the car packed and our family together, and we picked up my son and my other two children from their father at 7 a.m. and left for Utah. We arrived at the MTC in Provo, where all the other young men were participating in a tour. We arrived a little late and were greeted by a tour guide who came out to get my son and take him to where the rest of the group was. We were dressed like anyone sitting in a car for an 8 to 10 hour trip would look. Shorts, t-shirts, messy hair and all. It was a little embarrassing showing up like that to the MTC, but he made it. He was there and that was all that mattered. So she got him there and then on Friday... The young men decided that they were going to the Bountiful Temple, and I believe this was the last temple, the last day 
And guess who came walking out of the temple? President Eyring and President Nelson. She continues by saying, When I found out that my son had the opportunity to see the prophet during his time on this trip, I was without words. My Heavenly Father knew the pain that I was suffering that Sunday morning when I was pleading with him and granted our family a tremendous blessing to let us know the depth of his love for us. Wow. And they also said that they were able to talk with President Eyring and and meet President Nelson. You know, that brings real tears out. That really does, because it's so cool to see a firsthand experience, a firsthand experience of someone. Now, does it always end so happily where we do our little part, we get them wherever they need to go, and they end up, you know, having these great spiritual experiences? No, it's not always going to end up like that. But my point in the story was that All the active parent can do is do their part. That is all. It's interesting because she said the words that I hear so much, and I myself have been in this situation. I'm trying so hard. (laughs) That's what everyone says. Well, we are not the ones who can save them. We aren't. It is the Savior. It is the Good Shepherd. He has them. There is a beautiful, beautiful scripture in 1 Nephi chapter 22, verse 25. And he gathereth his children from the four quarters of the earth, and he numbereth his sheep. And they know him, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd, and he shall feed his sheep, and in him they shall find pasture. And it's interesting, that phrase, he numbereth his sheep. You know, if you're a member of the church, your child is probably baptized. That's one way he can number his sheep. He knows them. We know the parable of the ninety and nine, where he went. He has his sheep numbered. He will go and call for them. And as we do our best to live the gospel the way we know how and present opportunities for them to fill the Spirit, and that they can see our example as we are trying to live it on our own lives, they will hear the call of the Good Shepherd. They will. There's promises. There's another awesome scripture that really has given me peace. And it is 1 Nephi 20, verse 17 and 18. And thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I have sent him the Lord thy God who teaches thee to profit who leadeth thee by the way thou shouldst go. 18. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. I love that. Then had thy peace been as a river. Gosh, I would love to feel (laughs) that peace. And I can promise you and know And even testify that as I just do what I'm supposed to do, I feel so much better and I can feel that peace as I do not understand the full concept and the power that Christ has. We cannot understand the power of Christ and his grace. We don't get it. And we try to think about it and we think of all the things that we don't do 
a lot of times members of the church are guilty of this. That we aren't thinking about the grace of Christ and his power to save is so, so mighty. We can't comprehend it. We don't know. We don't have all the answers and that can drive us crazy. So we try, try, try so hard. But it is not us. It's the Savior who saves. It's the Savior who can lead. It's that spirit. So as we just create opportunities for the spirit, that's where that can flow to our children. And then we lean and trust and trust in the Lord. I mean, you go to the scriptures, there's so many more verses about trusting and trusting in the Lord. One thing I didn't mention from the sister's story was just before they went on the trip, they were having their oil changed and it was discovered that there was a huge problem with their car that would not have been detected had they not gone and gotten this oil change. So she knew that that was a huge, huge blessing, that it would have completely made the car unoperable. And she mentioned other little blessings along the way. That is, her and her spouse tried to, you know, obey the commandments. They were truly, truly blessed. And the Lord hears you. And even when we don't see what she was able to see, we can see the small things if we look and focus. Watch where our focus is. If our focus is on, I'm trying so hard, and look at what, you know, the co-parent is doing and their influence, and they're doing this or that around them. Well, your child is supposed to see that. Your child, you know, that's weird, a weird concept, but your child is supposed to see, be exposed to everything that she or he is seeing. She or he is supposed to have that parent in their lives. There's lessons there that they need for their own lives. Oh gosh, that was a big one, but I truly love that story so much. And I just wanted to fill you with the hope that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of those scriptures that's super, super famous. I'm going to turn to it really quick. But it is 2 Nephi 31, verse 20, I think. I'm turning to it. But my husband and I have recently looked at this and... There's just something really cool in it. It says, Wherefore ye must press forward with the steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and a love of God and of, and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. It's such a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Kind of a famous go get em type scripture in the, uh, the faith of the, the Church of Jesus Christ. But what what we noticed this time, and my husband pointed it out, was it says, a love of God and of all men. There's the two great commandments, a love of God and of all men. Do we truly have that? And what I noticed was having a perfect brightness of hope. Do we really have that? Where is our focus again? Is it on a perfect brightness of hope? Even those words <laughs> inspire me to find the hope, to find it everywhere and to increase our own brightness. When we have that, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop our faith. Nothing can stop our hope in Jesus Christ. So thanks guys for listening. <laughs> I almost feel like saying amen or something, but oh, I just love it. I love the gospel. And I'm so grateful for how it has comforted me and helped me in this whole parenting business. 
and uh, I hope you guys have an awesome day. I just wanted to thank my latest review. It says like Miss MG Mac, whoever you are out there, I think I know who you are, but that was such a sweet review. Thank you so much. And also just addressing another review I had, it said boo, and it gave me a pretty crappy review. And it said, try the perspective of the addict now. I, I had a podcast about the perspective of um, the spouse of an addict or the ex of an addict. And just to address that, I could never, ever even attempt to uh, make a podcast on the addict's point of view because I am a person who believes in first-hand experience that those should, should be the people who tell the stories, that those should be the people who are experts. I have never been in those shoes, so I cannot do that. I can only attempt, and I, it would be terrible, I'm sure, and inaccurate because I can't even, yeah. So I appreciate your response, though, but I can't, I can't do that. All right, everybody, um, I love you. I hope you have a great day. Talk to me, reach out to me, comment, and email me, coachemilysanchez at gmail.com. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at coachemilysanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.